Boom. Okay. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Nailed It podcast, sponsored by the Total Wealth Academy. That's my company, Urban Restoration. I'm joined today by longtime friend, Fenemy, <laughs> um, competitor, person who uh, we've scrapped together a lot in real estate. We grew up together, I would say, yeah. in this real estate game in like mm-hmm. 2007. Um, his name is Brant Phillips. He's written a bunch of books. He's written uh, The what? Seven Habits or uh, Fundamentals of a Flip. Wait, what was it? This You just butchered that. You the did, Seven you, Fundamentals of a Highly Successful Flip. You did not nail that. what's the what was the first book seven fundamentals of a highly successful flip i got close i got close seven fundamentals Fundamentals of a highly successful flip yeah you can find that on amazon yep amazon what is that like 99 cents a dollar 99 7.99 it's like 19 cents or something like that you're you lying 19 cents i think it's 99 cents for the ebook yeah you know the the printed copy is probably 9.99 i don't know yeah okay cool you don't make much money off books no but you just so people know why do you do books then uh so you know when i wrote that book it was like i really it got to the point like you've experienced people start calling you texting you can you help me all this kind of stuff i don't think people understand why you leverage the book i think that this is this is a good turning point for success the the books are like I so one as I so the first book I did it because I I really wanted to like mm-hmm. man I have so many people calling me you know I'm, right I'm pretty right. quiet reserve kind of stick to myself kind of yes. guy you're an introvert yeah I'm an introvert you're extrovert yes but still we I was getting all inundated and I like I wanted to help people but I didn't want to go have lunch you're a boundary a week you're a boundary setter probably so yeah so big I called our, our buddy Jack and I said hey man I think I'm gonna write this book. And he's like, call me when you're done, pretty much. So I wrote, I wrote the book, and it was not good to be honest. Writing my first book, like it yeah. just came out. The Mine way wasn't I, good either. Yeah. I, I dragon dictated yeah. the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. And but Jack was like, "Hey, I need a book too." So I was like, "Okay, here you go." Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, so I've learned that process and how to get better. But it just helped. Like it started with just wanting to help people share. And then you get, you know, some recognition for it. That's cool. You don't make any money unless you're like Joel Osteen, Oprah Winfrey, or Stephen King. Or, or an, ex, um, an ex-president. an ex Something like that. Right. Yeah. They make money. Nobody else does. Right. You make a little bit. But then it but then it really turns into a leverage piece, right? Like, But you do make private, a bunch of money on it. So, yes, indirectly. like Indirect. Pri- private lenders, it's credibility, you know, if you're doing coaching, other things like that. People, so I really like the books. People want something that they can take away after they come to listen to you speak mm-hmm. to get more of your insight. Yeah. And I, I, I'm a big fan. Jack had me on the, the, the workbook, mm-hmm. like give someone a workbook because oh, it's, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I love, I mean, I, I understand flipping, but I, what I think most people miss out on is like, when do I pay my contractors? What do I need to be doing daily? Like, what are some tasks that I can do to stay on track with contractors? Yep. You know, because if you don't know this stuff, I mean, you get lost. Oh yeah. And plus, we also—I think we also write these books, or you write your books. I, I don't write books anymore. I do the podcasts. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the podcasts. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't. I, 
I want to get your snippet of your book in like an hour. Mm-hmm. So like Lewis House became my uh, my master's class mm-hmm. was the School of Greatness podcast. Mm-hmm. You listen to that? I'm familiar with it, but no, I don't listen to it. Okay. Wow. I, mean, I think he's had Tony Robbins on mm-hmm. like six times. Going to Tony Robbins in November. Okay. Which one? Unleash the Power. Not Date with the Destiny. Not Date with Destiny. Okay. Unleash the Power. Yes. As a couple. Yeah. Okay. Tara and I are going. Wow. In, no- in November. So she's no longer what catch me up with Tara. She's no longer doing cosmopolity. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she uh I think she tapped out after kid three. So she's been, you know, stay at home mom and you know, managing CEO of our five kids. Right. Now. And uh so she's been doing that. She's just helped with little things here and there. But so she's getting um Probably about six months ago, she's like, I want to come work with you. You know, oh, I'm like, wow. I'm like, okay. To do what? So she's getting her real estate license. Okay. So, so she's Kendra, gonna, my fiance is getting her real estate okay. license. So she's getting her real estate license to do all that. And, and so, okay. What is the, all that? How, what, what does that look like? Okay. So when I say all that, yeah. Phone calls. Mm. Like literally phone calls because we I have a because uh, you have an exp brand can't tell about this I have a uh, got cut the mic um, I have a a fully trained assistant who right. I'll, people look at me like oh your exp icon agent right I don't know how to do a listing I don't know how I don't fill out con- so I've got someone trained who does every single email listing amendments da 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 right. But she doesn't do the phone calls, you know. Yeah, you you can't do that. Yeah, yeah. So Tara's gonna be the point of contact. It'll be her name, her email. So I'll just be that's beautiful. That yeah. So how much of the stuff? Okay, so for anyone that doesn't know Brent, if you've just had your head buried or you're brand new to real estate, that would probably be been out of the scene for a while though. Yeah, kind of. But you're more like in the scene with Quest. That's the last time I saw you publicly, I That's think. That's been a few years, too. It was Quest, and then when you came up here and we did our mano uh, mano Mm-hmm. The, but, I mean, yeah, you, you far surpassed just doing the single-family bullshit game. You're now doing the storage. And... No, uh, not storage. Not storage. Uh, the mobile home. Yeah. Mobile home. That's what I meant. Mobile home parks. Which is like a storage of people <laughs> where they live. <laughs> yeah so we started doing mobile home parks um have a an rv park we still do single family yeah you know we still do single family so how much of your business is single family and what are you doing in single family acquiring to rent or flip we mainly flip still okay but you mentioned like we're competitors but we don't you know, compete. yeah we're doing it's just for the show. Yeah. It's just so that like, why yeah, is this yeah. competitor on here? Because yeah. your your companies, uh, you you help investors. We're called wait, uh, Home Invest Pro, Invest, Invest Home, Home Pro. Yeah, yeah. You used to do it unintentionally. <laughs> now I know it's in, I know it's coming. You're gonna butcher. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was yeah. Home Invest Pro, and yeah. my company is yeah. Urban Restoration. So Brant would uh, publicly call me Urban Destruction. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so we'll do you know forty to fifty 
single family deals a year. Okay. Fix and flip. Just your own. Yeah. Just our own. Okay. A few rentals and, you know, maybe half a dozen or so owner finance. So that's what we do on single family. Now, mobile home parks, we've been buying two a year, I guess, for the last few years. How do you get those deals? (sighs) Different ways. So we're marketing for them. Okay. Um, I bought one from a wholesaler. I bought one from like a public website. Uh, What's the difference in, you know, because like we can go drive for dollars. Can you drive for dollars looking for a mobile home park? Probably not a good use of time. Okay. I mean, if you see them, right. yeah. But we do. It's, so we've bought one from a broker slash wholesaler, uh, Tim Luna. Bought okay. one from, from Tim. Okay. Um, that was my first one. We bought one from, like I said, a website. One. So we're doing a lot of SEO marketing. And we bought one from SEO. About to buy our second one from SEO. And the other one we also bought from a wholesaler. Give me an idea. Like, so well, there was uh do you remember Big State? Mm-hmm. At one point, Big State was spending seventy five thousand a month mm-hmm. to acquire single family. Yeah, through SEO. Yeah, what's a through SEO or PPC? Through um, probably PPC. Probably both. Yeah, PPC. it was it was it was a both. Mm-hmm. He came on my podcast. Yeah, uh, when I was at the Crowbar. Do you remember that one? Mm-hmm. A long time ago, it was in Oak Forest. We used to do the the. It was called the Real Estate Happy Hour. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah. With Clay Cahoon. Yeah. Yes. So he told me he was spending about 75000 a month. Mm-hmm. And Bible was spending like fifty, mm-hmm. And then also had all the billboard game. Yeah. Remember with the right mm-hmm. path? Yep. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, yeah. It's like only one of those guys is still going, I feel like. It's tough, man. It is. It's tough. And so I tried doing that a few years ago, and we failed miserably. Also, like, all right, let's go from 50 to 100. And then you have multiple consecutive bad months. You got to change some team members. And it was, I'm like, I don't want to do this. So we changed our mindset to small but mighty. It was like something me and my coach came up with, small but mighty. So we're like, stay 40 to 50 deals a year. So what and I. What, what would be wrong with that? No, there's I don't no, understand why everybody oh. has to grow to a, like a Grant Cardone scale. You don't have to. Right. I mean, that's what I just build the life you you're good at. That's there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. I used to tell my students all the time. I'm like, if you can flip 10 or 15 deals a year with low overhead, there's, there's nothing wrong with that. No, you know, that could be a great business. Now I just wanted to get out of it. Like I wanted to do 40 or 50 without being in it. Right. And so that's what, you know, I work on is like, Hey, how do I do this without being in it? So I can do something else or just have free time. Are you time. still doing marathons? No. I never did a marathon. I did Ironman. Ironman. Yeah. Ironman. It's yeah. the same thing. Uh, you know. What's the I, difference? The, the iron, You finish an Ironman with, with a marathon. marathon. Yeah. And yeah. so I had never ran a marathon until I did an Ironman. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, true. And Pablo just qualified for Worlds. Pablo. Dude, uh, have you seen Pablo? Yeah. Yeah. He is like half the guy he used to be. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, no, I'm I'm not fast. Mm-hmm. Very slow. It was just like literally it just came up like bucket list. Let me just let me give it a shot. I, I had three knee surgeries before, yeah. and so I was like, I'll never do it. You know, 
And uh, dude, it just came up one day and I heard a guy telling his story about his Ironman experience. And he had, I think three or I think he had three Achilles tears, right? He used to be like really into like ultra marathons and all that kind of stuff. And he still did, you know, marathons. And I'm like, hell, let me just give it a shot. If I quit, I quit. If I can't make it, I can't make it. So I did it. I did a half, then I did a full, then I did another half, then I did another full. And so. What did you learn from the first Ironman? Oh, man, that's a good question. So I learned a lot, right? Because like, we we were with you on Facebook mm-hmm. as you would finish a run. You would do the Brant breakdown mm-hmm. where you would give us a little snippet of what was in yeah. your mind. Yeah. And I see a lot of people do this. Yeah. When they're running and exercising, they're always giving advice or some mm-hmm. critical thought came through their mind and they're sharing it. It's really good information. Oh, it's you have you'll have some of your biggest insights. So what was through, yours through exercise? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if I had one big insight. That could this question could actually take me a while. That's okay. Um, but so a lot of that, a lot of the stuff I did, like with Ironman, when I fought, you know, in the MMA cage fight, if you remember that, and went through seal training, all that kind of stuff was really like I didn't want I wanted to get out of my comfort zone right because right, you did a fight yeah I fought in a cage fight I yeah. got got my ass knocked out just so everybody knows in like what one minute or something it was pretty quick yeah um it I don't, know, I don't need to rehash that but the guy caught because it was like amateur I mean the dude clocked me like it knocked me out cold I would I, I come to almost right and the dude's pounding my face in but right. I get him off and I get up and he called, you know, he called the fight because it was like an amateur fight. And I'm like, I was, I was good. Um, but then, I mean, they do clock me hard, you know, I mean, yeah. like went out cold and like waking up, <laughs> doing like <that. laughs> you know, I got him up, got off and he was like, nah, that's it. And so anyways, so check the box. People are like, you going to do it again? I'm like, no, right. <laughs> no, right. I'm I not. already checked no. that box. No, I'm not. Isn't Am it, I? Isn't it son? funny how many people want to live vicariously through you doing what they want to watch? Right, right above my desk is is the the man in the ring, mm. right? Like that is one of the most powerful quotes or sayings. You know, just like being the man in the ring who's bloody and marred and all that kind that's, of stuff. That's from the girl here in uh, Houston. What do you mean, the man in the ring? Well, no, that's from Eisenhower, but yeah, she brings it back. Uh, golly, I can't remember what her name is. Everybody's going to, you, you don't know who I'm talking about? Brene Brown. I'm not that Dr. Big. Brene Brown. I'm not that big you, on social media, but. Uh, she's not on social media. She did a TED talk. She did a TED talk mm-hmm. and she's from the university of Houston in the psychology department. Okay. And what her big deal was is like, what is missing in the world today is people authenticity is actual authenticity mm-hmm. through being vulnerable and transparent. Mm-hmm. And and that men today are, they, there's rare as the man that walks out and is willing to be in the ring. Mm-hmm. And so she said, if you're willing to be in the ring, then you cannot take arrows from people in the stands. Mm-hmm. They didn't even have the guts oh, to yeah. get into the ring. Oh yeah. There's a lot of people out there. Oh, a dude. lot of Karens in the oh, yeah. in the stands. It's a majority. Yeah. Yeah, it's a majority. That's why I tell people, they're like, um, you know, why do you talk to Brandt or Jason Bible or AC or whoever? Why do you talk? 
I, I don't need anything from you. So I'm just I, I'm in the ring with you. Mm-hmm. I can give you blows, but conversely, if you're gonna blow, you have to be ready to get clocked upside your head whenever someone sees your weak. Someone will always see your weak side, and that's what I didn't learn yeah. until the last two or three years. Mm-hmm. I'm not perfect, mm-hmm. but I thought I was, mm-hmm. and that humility, getting knocked down, and being able to come back up, that's been the biggest life lesson for me. Yeah, for sure, for sure, man. It's um, it was it's the the rocky thing, you know. It's not a matter of how hard you can hit, a matter yeah. of how hard you can get hit and get back up. Um, is that what the first Iron Man taught you? That you no, can get hard so and get back up. The the first Iron Man taught me just to to commit to something, even though it scared me, and and get this limiting stuff out of my head. Because I had a doctor who told me he said his he basically quoted he's like you have the knee of a of a very old man who lived uh, like a seven year old man who lived a very hard life. He's like you you need a knee replacement not now. But sooner rather than later, you know, he's like, you should stop running, stop doing CrossFit, all that kind of stuff. So that was, geez, now I'm really getting old, probably 12 years ago or so. Right. And so I believed him, right? I'm like, oh, well, I need to stop doing all this stuff. Even though I knew when I exercise, number one, stress relief, two, health, three, some of my, like my, just my biggest insights and stuff came when I was exercising. But I, leave, I believed him to a certain extent. Now, I got back into doing CrossFit and stuff like that, and that was like my comfort zone. But then, like, oh, doing an Ironman, I can't do that. It's my knee, you know. And, and it was one of my old coaches who did it, and he was, like, a, you know, qualified for Kona and all this kind of stuff. So he got real in-depth. And, and Ironman is like, you know, dude, like, I've had three torn Achilles and blah, 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 blah. He's like, you know, listen to your doctor, listen to you. He's like, if you want to do it, just do it. And so I just did it. You know, I'm like, screw it. I'm just going to sign up and I'm going to go. And then, you know, now all this stuff comes back to me. And then I started training for it. I went to go swim. Dude, I couldn't last 10 minutes in the pool. Like swimming without, no, without like touching bottom. Dude, really? Uh, dude, I thought I was going to die. Like I thought I was going to, I was going to drown. So I found a, like a swim coach and he put me in the water, you know, and I went back and forth a couple of times. He's like, yeah, you're, you're probably going to die if you get into open pool water. So it's open water. So I got, you know, I got a few lessons and you know, there's, I had a lot of lessons from it, man's like, you know, if you need help first off, just commit, get a coach, get some help. You know, I hired a swim coach. It was like three or four lessons, you know, and it was like, I knew I wasn't going to set any records, but I'm like, I just want to finish. So I did that. Um, Man, day of the race, like you just keep moving, man. It's just like one step at a time. That's what I tell people all the time when they say, you know, if I tell someone my story, like losing parents at such an early age, mm-hmm. they ask you, and I always go back to that moment in the movie with um, Tom Hanks where, he, you know, Castaway. Mm-hmm. He comes back and his whole life is gone. The woman he loves is with another woman and it's raining outside and FedEx is th- throwing this party for him. And he's sitting in there and they said, how did you do it? And he said, I just kept breathing. Hmm. And I think a lot of people today don't just keep breathing. They're so, um, they're so soft. Mm -hmm. They don't have a calloused mind where difficult, they don't embrace difficulty. 
Mm-hmm. Like you have to really embrace. I'm going to go through a lot of pain in order to accomplish this goal. Yeah. And I think if you already know that it's going to hurt, then you're, you're okay with it. Yeah. A big part of why I did all that stuff was for my kids too. Mm. You know, why is that? I did it. I did it for me. I'm not going right. to say like, oh, I did it for my kids, but also it was like, if I do this when they're experiencing fear, you know, doubt, having like, Hey bud, like I understand, you know, ways to relate, relate and lead by example. So fear is a big thing, obviously. So most people, they do, man, they bow down to fear. They give in to fear and they don't even un, like, they don't even take the time to understand the fear. So I went through, you, you remember, I went through like my, you know, kind of finding Jesus, kind of like my little sabbatical, kind of going through all this kind of stuff when, cause I had essentially like a meltdown in life, midlife crisis, verge of divorce, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And, and I'm like, I need to figure some things out or this is not going to end good. Right. And so I'd created business success, but personally, like I was, I was a wreck, right. I was trying to be this outer shell and look all nice and clean. But it was like, it was, a, it was, a pretty you were trying wreck. to be an extrovert in an introvert's body. I don't know if I was trying to be in, not, I don't know, not, but I'm just saying for yeah. people that they could see, yeah, you've that's got probably, this person that's, that's here fair, yeah. who's yeah. one way and, and really deep down inside is this way. And I've dealt with this with Chris Funk a lot. Mm-hmm. Everyone thinks when they meet him that he's an extrovert. When they see you up on stage, they associate an extrovert. But really when you get down to know you, like if we're all sitting at the table, Brant's the silent killer. Brant's the guy that's thinking a lot and processing. I'm the one that's talking and basically missing half the shit that's going, like half the real good stuff. You're thinking and processing, and then you'll drop a knowledge piece on everybody, and the whole table will be like, oh, wow. Yeah. But a lot of people associate success with the loudest guy in the room. Yeah. I don't know if I'm always that guy, but you do want to... Be aware of the quietest guy in the room. You usually, do usually. You should you should always but fear what he's thinking. What what you said it is true though because I when I was coming out of that period that valley or as a valley in my life when I was coming out of it I I did want to share like did I want to share this and teach this and then that's whenever I was getting into you know Facebook and doing the videos and all that kind of stuff and one of the big things I learned was how to how to basically really um, understand my fear, right, and process it, right? Because there's there's useful fear, touch a hot stove, you don't do that, it's going to burn. But most of it's non-useful. It's all this BS and all this kind of stuff. So I talk with this a lot with my kids, and a lot of people don't realize, like, fear is physiologically the same response in our body as excitement, except when we're experiencing fear, we stop breathing. We're like, but if you just, Oh yeah, you can transform fear into excitement. So I, I do this all like all the time. Like we're doing another park right now. And I'm like, Oh, like I'm getting nervous. You know, why am I nervous? Is it the deal? Is it cause it's going to add a lot of work to my plate is like something like maybe I need to be fearful, you know? So fear can be used for good. You know, you just determine, is this useful, is non-useful, where is it coming from? You breathe and you can transform it and get excited about things and doing things. Um, 
and so that that was that was a, a big part of my MMA thing, mm. like just overcoming that fear. That's huge, man. Mm-hmm. That's huge. Plus, I think that you want your kids. When you were talking about kids, you know, I've got one in college, one's in. Uh, she's like a junior. And she's been out of volleyball since the eighth grade. Mm -hmm. And so she went to go, you know, she went into Bridgeland, which is a big, huge high school, right? Like Mm -hmm. 3,500, almost 4,000. Right off 99. Yeah, right off 99. So she started all of her years, but she's not playing in that traveling group. So she didn't make the team. Mm -hmm. Well, so she went back this year to her her junior varsity year. And she's made the team, mm-hmm. but she's not playing. And so she's so devastated because she goes, dad, you don't have to show up if you don't want to, because I'm not going to be playing. And I'm like, don't you understand? Just the goal was you're one of 12 mm-hmm. that made the team. You get to play with everybody every day. It doesn't matter this year. If you don't make the team next year, you'll get to play. Yeah. You just got to keep being a good a good teammate. Yeah. And sometimes in life, that's what you have to do Yeah, is play the sit role. Yeah. Let me just sit and watch mm-hmm. and help and mm-hmm. be just a practice person. Yeah. Not a lot of people do that, but man, I, I bet you if I had done something and, and I think my kids sometimes take a little bit of what I do and they, they can extrapolate from it, but to be able to go out and compete in a competition level mm-hmm. with other people mm-hmm. and watching that live event happen and watching their dad mm-hmm. cross over a finish line, that's got to be fucking insane for them. Perspective's huge, man. Like, I love how you did that with your daughter, right? Like, we got you got to have the right perspective. That's what we got to do, too, as business owners and well, we deals and- I think you you're a you're a guy and a dad that probably embraces failure is like, yeah, let's do this. Mm-hmm. Who cares? Let's just go out and go. Well, I'm not afraid to fail, but you do, know, but, but but half of the people that are watching this are. Yeah, I know they are. No, I know they won't go put themselves no. in an MMA ring because they're afraid of getting their yeah. ass knocked out. No, I know. Yeah, uh, that that's. That's the battle. Is it's not whether you win or lose. It's just getting in the ring. Right. Oh, like New Deal. Like, dude, I've went through this a lot in the last couple of years with real estate hitting the ceiling. Like, dude, like I, I can just stick with my single family, but then I'm getting the itch, you know, and doing the mobile home parks, doing the development deals. You know, it's it's not my comfort zone. What so I'm brought battling that out? What brought up the the mobile home park? So mobile home park was a buddy of mine was, was doing them, uh, for quite a while. And, um, so I just made redneck jokes with, you know, and, um, and, but then I started looking at it, kind of saw where single family was going. I'm like, you know, before we were competing versus two or three guys. And now it's like, oh, we're competing versus 10 other offers. Like this is not a game I even want to play on, you know, for much longer. I can't play in it much longer. It just doesn't make sense. It's like in 2010 when the, when we used to have just hundreds of foreclosures and all of a sudden it's just like the spigot. Yeah. Just dried up. Yeah. So I knew the end of the road was coming, you know, single family was changing. So I needed to figure something else out. And I just started reading, getting information 
and um basically you know and i talk about this a lot when i talk about mobile home parks but basically two things like i learned about warren buffett you know owning 21st century mortgage owning clayton homes so he was there and then i learned about sam zell you know who sam zell is I didn't know who Sam Zell is. He's basically, he's the Michael Jordan of real estate. Hmm. And I did't even know about this guy. So he's, uh, he's done more real estate than anybody ever, pretty much. Uh, multifamily, skyscrapers, shopping malls, storage, residential, you name it. The guy's done it like, you know, billion, t- hundreds of billions of dollars of real estate. So long story short, his, he, his company was acquiring some other company. It was some $100 million acquisition or something like that. The company that they were buying, and they were just buying a business, that business owned a mobile home park. So, And this was in the 80s. So he had one of his guys, he said, hey, I need you to go out, take a look at this thing, and figure out what we need to do to get rid of it, because obviously we don't want to own a mobile home park. So the guy went out, took a look at it, went through all the financials, comes back, and he's like, you're not going to believe this. And he's like, what, it's, it's worse than we thought? He's like, no, it's it's an ATM machine. It's like printing cash. So, long story short, that they kept it. And fast forward to today, they're by far the largest owner of mobile home parks. They've Damn. got like a hundred and sixty thousand lots. How Over, many lots do you have? A little under two hundred. Dude, that's uh, fucking badass. Yeah, about one seventy something. Well, how big was the first one? one? Forty three. 43. But let me finish this story real yeah, quick. Go for it. So they so they started buying them in 1984. Okay. Fast forward to today. If you look at their holdings in multifamily, commercial, strip centers, all this kind of stuff, they've sold off roughly half their holdings over the years. They've never sold a mobile home park. Hmm. It's when I when I read that, I'm like, this dude is the greatest real estate investor ever. And he by his actions says he loves these things greater than anything else in real estate. I was like, I got to give it a shot. So I think I always think, uh, people are going to no longer have mobile homes. Right. Why do you think that limiting belief, just not having enough education, not surrounding myself or being at a table with people who buy mobile homes. You think that people are going to move up. I think that people, yes, I think manufactured homes really, that was like a thing in the eighties and nineties, maybe. Right. Mm -hmm. I just, I always see people, but I'm wrong because when you get out towards Huntsville, it's tons of mobile homes. It's like 10%. Yeah. 10% across the country. So I think the opposite is going to be true. Really? More people are going to be living in manufactured homes. Why do you think that? Okay. So number one. The government's print money, okay, like, like toilet paper, right? Yeah. Probably more so. So, the American dream is to own it, own your own home. Mm-hmm. The American dream is fading fast. If the median price home in Houston's going to be three hundred and fifty or something like that, lower middle class they can't even afford it. Right, they can't afford it, and it's like getting further and further. So, but where home, where are they going to live? That's my point. That, where are they going to live? Well, no, where where are they going? Where are you going to drop a mobile home park in the middle of Houston? Yep. Yeah, so maybe you're not right. So because major cities won't allow them. 
print. Yeah. And and to be honest, it doesn't even make financial sense. Your cost of your dirt. Yeah, it's too too it's, much. That doesn't make sense. You you build up right for that dirt. So so then you look to the the suburbs. Probably doesn't even make sense there because city of Sugarland is not going to approve a permit for mobile home park. Do you still that, live in Sugarland? Yeah, Richmond. Okay. Yeah. So where will Richmond approve a permit? Probably not. Really? Probably not. <laughs> Richmond doesn't come up. Probably not. So so we're looking for if you're going to develop one, and I I really recommend people don't. But you look at they call it the ex, exurbs, like okay. on the outside of the yeah. suburbs now, yeah. where you can like get in the county. It's not too far for people to make the commute, but maybe it's not even mobile home parks. That's why we're doing this development. We're doing a development of 140. Uh, the basically manufactured homes double wides on land. They're going to be a half acre lot, thirty seven minutes from downtown. Right. Low two hundreds, but that's home ownership. That's American dream. They can go to Houston, but to find something on a half acre lot that's not a piece of crap is like hundreds of thousands of dollars. So who's manufacturing these homes? I don't know yet. Like, well, there'll be multiple manufacturers, right? So we'll order from, like, Clayton and um, Palm Harbor, and there'll be different ones for them to choose from. Will will you just invite them to come and have, like, a one home there that people can, uh, like a sales center? So we will, um, we're going to sell lots to some local dealers, and they yeah. can put whatever they want and sell it. And then we're just going to be ordering homes, you know, 20 homes at a time, and then you will owner finance those out? No. They're all going to be just sold. Like we're going to. Can you get a 30 year mortgage on a mobile home? You can do a 25 year mortgage on a mobile home. I want to say it's 25. We've so, been flipping them on land too. What? Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. Where are you so, finding most of your deals? Uh, we mainly do SEO and, and pay per click. Right. We but when you're when you're getting these deals coming in, what is the like? What's the person? Older, younger, divorce, probably all of the above. Really? Yeah, probably all of the above. Dang. Mm-hmm. Any good no, deals? No. So out we there? we market. We we try to do our marketing outside of Houston. Okay. We we do a little bit in Houston, but we market. It's probably cheaper. The, the exurbs. Yeah. That's what we market. We market to. Magnolia, Dayton, you know, Conroe, all those types of areas. Brazoria County, Montgomery County, that's where we that's where we market. Do you get um do you get any off of Facebook? Do you do Facebook marketing? No. No. Mm mm. Now I bet you that's a like a little gold mine. We don't do Facebook. You don't do Facebook at all anymore, do you? Very little. You just let Chris Bounds do it all? Chris Bounds. <laughs> <laughs> Chris is working it. Yeah, he is. He's working the uh, the EXP thing. Mm-hmm. So when EXP started, you jumped in pretty early. Most smart people do. Yeah. Let's shout out some people. It's a shout it was out a pretty it. it was a pretty no brainer thing for me. Yeah. It was not a no brainer for me. It's a no brainer. Yeah. Why was it not? Why was it a no brainer? Why was it not a no brainer for you? <clears throat> Because I'm. Are not, you still licensed? You're not no, licensed. No, I'm not licensed anymore. I got rid of it. I I just I did it. I brought in people. You want to know why I got rid of the license? One because I don't think being a realtor. I think 
when you're talking about looking at single family, mm-hmm. you said, I looked at single family and I saw that it was going nowhere. I look at real estate agents and I think you are fucked. <laughs> you got offer pad coming right up your uh, ass. Dude, I sold you, two houses to open door this month or last month. Brother, I sold open door my personal residence. Do you want to know how much they gave me for my personal residence? $485,000. Do you want to know what Open Door's biggest problem is? I sold them my house in Brooksmith. They pulled comps in a one-mile radius. In a one-mile radius is Woodland Heights and Norhill. You gave me price per square foot based on Norhill. <laughs> they got a lot of problems, man. They got a they lot got of problems. They got a lot of pro- I'm like, you're going to give me what for what? Dude. Uh, here they're trying to resell my house right now my house is on the market for 505 yeah yeah they're lose supposedly they're turning a slight profit but they got to be losing money man so yeah i've got the i have the contact of of one of the guys i'm sure you have the same guy his name's blake he's like the houston area okay maybe maybe the where you're selling your stuff he it's outside of his comfort zone i sold one in uh Sugar Land. Okay. And one of like West Belfort, Chimney Rock. Okay, nice. How much did you get for that one? Chimney Rock? Yeah. It was like two fifty. It it was not a good <laughs> it's not a good area, man. <laughs> like it's not a good area. I don't know what I, I feel like if they would have just bought and hold yeah. Like, I'm going to buy and hold this and put it in a renter for a year, and then we're going to sell. Yep. I think that they would make a ton of money. Yeah. But the iBuyer coming in is is going to crush the regular real estate agent. Well, you have 10% of your agents out there that are making money, right? Mm-hmm. They make up, what, 80% of oh, all yeah. HAR sales. Yeah. is like 10% of the agents. Mm-hmm. The rest of them, I don't, I, I just don't see you making it. It's hard. I mean, you know, I deactivated my license for the same reason. Years ago, I deactivated it. You and know, then you got back into well, it. Well, yeah, I had a girl on staff who, who's an agent doing all my stuff. I'm like, I don't, I don't need this. And but when I saw EXP, I'm like, that's when I reactivated my license specifically because of EXP. And and, and you're the reason why I don't like EXP <laughs> because you said it at the very beginning. And I, I love EXP. Wait, now. wait, what did I say? I like EXP now. Yeah. Okay, because I think it's a proven model. Yeah. I think that they have enough market share where they're making a difference. Yeah. And that I was okay. So when I'm listening to someone talk about it, and uh, they're coming in and they're like, "Yeah, I'm doing this. Switch your license over to EXP, and I'm owning a brokerage at the same time." Right. With agents. Mm -hmm. And I'm there training and doing all the stuff and I'm putting things under contract and I'm doing the amendments and I'm doing all the paperwork. And then I hear somebody is with EXP and they're recruiting for EXP and they don't do any of the stuff Mm -hmm. that an agent would do. I think, oh, this is destined to fail. Mm -hmm. Okay, but you figured it out. Well, it's it's Amazon. I, it, okay, I agree. It's it's Amazon for real estate. Look, I was wrong. Yeah, I mean, clearly, I was wrong. I was on the wrong side of history on this deal. And and I took a beating, right? Whenever I first announced it and was marketing it, I like I got pounded. <laughs> <laughs> I got pounded. And uh, most times, I just I just didn't respond 
I'm like, I knew, like, I didn't know for sure, but I'm like, I did enough research. I knew what the, you know, the vision of the company was. I knew the fundamentals. I, I, I bought it. I'm like, this thing is going to, this is going to be Amazon. And it, I believe it's going to be. So, and it's not too late to change your mind. Not too late to change your mind because to change are, my mind about what? I've already changed my mind. Well, about I think EXP is good. No, about maybe coming on and having a role in it because we're like at sixty thousand. I mean, the goal now is a million agents. Okay, you know, I have I have agents now in uh, uh, Spain. Oh, so talk about then real other quick. countries now. That's crazy. Yeah. But talk about the benefits that you get from EXP. This is where I think it's wild. Yeah. And so so with, with EXP, the main thing I do is recruit. Right. right? And so some agents are, oh, uh, you know, they, they don't want, this is e- even EXP agents, right? And they're like, oh, I just don't want to be known as a recruiter. I'm like, well you probably you're recruiting the wrong way you don't right. you don't spam people and cold call and you don't do things like that but if you know an agent hell yeah you want to recruit them what does keller williams cola bank what do all the brokerages do they recruit right every major company they recruit people and talent to their company that's what that's what you got to do but so, y'all have one key one key if you did nothing else and you just said this is the one thing that we're offering Every agent should sign up for it. Do you want to know what I think that is? What's different for every every agent? My but- one, yeah, because I am an only person to, and I have three kids in the state of Texas says, as a divorced dad who is the breadwinner, you are responsible for one thing, healthcare. And EXP offers that, correct? What is your healthcare now? Blue Cross is it like Blue Cross Blue Shield or no? Something? It's called Philadelphia American Life, dude. So we were paying fifteen hundred dollars a month. It was like fourteen hundred and something. You're you're getting ready to prove my point. Yeah, that this is the one thing. Yeah, so that's what we were paying per month before, and EXP didn't have healthcare when I joined. That came after, yeah. like a year after. So now we pay six hundred fifty three dollars a month, and that's for you and what five kids five and my wife yeah so seven people and i had a shoulder surgery in february it covered almost 100 percent of it so there's health care well, do you get that day one or do you, you have to it, like no wait. you get it day one day one you get it day one so there's health care there's there's ownership right and so i don't know any other brokerages giving out ownership besides keller williams or Keller, Keller only doesn't. gives just a uh, equity distribution, or not equity, but just a distribution. They have off a profit of share. Profit so we share. have revenue, revenue share, which is a, a lot more money, man. It's just a lot more money. The, what's more, what, what's bigger, profit or revenue? When you look at financial statement, it's it's rev, it's right off the top. You know what you're getting every time an agent does a deal. So that that's why I came. I'm like, all right, this is another income stream with basically no risk, huge potential reward. So that it was a revenue. So it was another income stream. Robert Kiyosaki, Rich Dad Poor Dad, where we both both learn from, create multiple streams of income, all in the real estate sphere. I'm like, I know a lot of agents. I'm always meeting agents. Why wouldn't I do it? So build an income stream. Number two, have equity and ownership in it through stock awards. They give a stock based on production. They just don't give it. Like, is this the only stock that you own? It's the. uh, I've got some other little. I'm not a stock guy. 
Like I'm, I got some you strike little me as cheesy a, little stuff. You're a Robin Hood investor, aren't you? I have a Robin Hood account. Good for it, you. There's not much money in it. Good for I, you. I started playing around last year, but it's that's pr- still good. This is pretty much the only stock that I own. Okay, I don't even like my own. I like I probably will just sell all that. Stock. Do you know that Burr had to sell all of his EXP, and it's the one thing that he regrets. Oh, He's, well, can do, you? You want to? I don't know. Why? Should you share why he had to sell it? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, so Burr did a uh, investment deal. Mm-hmm. He lent on a deal. And he was waiting on a payoff to come in, and that payoff kept getting strung mm-hmm. along, and he needed to fund this guy's repair draw. So he, he sold, sold his EXP. Wow, dude. Where was it at when he sold it? Oh, this was like, I think it was like at, you know, like 42 or something. It was, oh. this was after the split, yeah. and after it had gone down. Yeah. And now yeah. EXP is, it's a No, it's back. still around, it's still around that though. It's in really? the 40s, yeah. Damn, but, your... dude, it skyrocketed to 160, something like that. It, 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 I think it was 110. No, it was a lot higher. And then it, it, did, was, the, it, it did the split. No, it got... did the split. When, when, it when was 160, it got, 170. So they, they can we'll fact check it later. Yes, but well, it, it was... It, trust me, it was up there. Yes, there was a lot of people that were shorting EXP. Mm-hmm. Sure. Right? And so it was driving the stock yeah. up because yeah. there wasn't enough float. Yeah. So now I under unfortunately I did the pandemic uh, Robin Hood thing mm-hmm. where I became a stock expert. Yeah. But I only chased the GameStop, which yeah. paid for like the down payment on my swimming pool. Yeah. So that, that was great. You build pools now, right? Yeah, build pools. Okay. Yeah, I'm loving it. It's yeah. great. It's uh, the the biggest uh, the biggest problem with swimming pools is uh, you can't get parts like i've the, got like four like light. the equipment parts yeah. or yeah all all of your you you know i have a whole intelli center mm-hmm. that's on my pool mm-hmm. so that box communicates directly to my phone which then connects directly to the filter to the pump to everything but right now i'm running a used one horsepower pump and i've got a sand filter like a big commercial grade sand filter, which is supposed to be really good because you you can use those for five years. I'm just learning all this shit, but I've got everything wired at my house. I'm just waiting on the the my um, my personal IntelliCenter to come in so I can connect it all and all my pumps. And it does your little dolphin mm-hmm. or your Polaris or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It works all that, but nothing will work until I have that in. Hmm. I mean, I've got my, it's like everything my pool is running, but it doesn't run like it doesn't have the lights. It doesn't have a heater. Mm-hmm. I have not. I, I don't have any of that. And so so every, my own. Yeah. So I just put like I've got three pools that are getting ready to be built. I'm doing one on. But the main thing that I've done is just changed my business model to going straight custom. Mm-hmm. And then I went and bought a. Burr and I just bought this big uh, lot in the middle of the Heights mm-hmm. on the opposite side. You were, y'all, Brant and I, we did this video a long time ago on, on YouTube. We bought the first house ever that I did in, in Brooksmith. I partnered with him on it. We sold it. We bought it for, well, I think, uh, 80, 75. Something like that. From, 75. Dink, from Dinker. From Will Dinker. Yeah. The human stinker, the great Will Dinker. Yeah. So we bought it from Will. Will had it under contract for fifty. 
He sold had both houses. Both houses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I sold the other one to the Arnets. And then you and I did the deal. And I think we sold ours for like 172. Yeah, we did okay. Uh, it was I, like 28,000 maybe. Yeah, back then. I hate the heights. <laughs> like, I hate Your the worst heights. deal ever was in the heights? I hate the heights, man. I really do. Why? I just, I hate it. And I, and you, I, made I my tried whole telling you that it wasn't for me. Like I, I'm anti-custom. Like I want Walmart. It, I want to paint everything beige. Like I don't want to, I don't want to decide on countertops yeah or light fixtures yeah or anything yeah i would always well, go why would, around why and would say we, if the last house sold quickly why why would we do the house the next house different uh, you do everything the same and now we now we have two colors you know like beige and a new gray you know those are two colors but yeah grayish. i just huh a grayish yeah and that that's yeah. it yeah that's even better which we do sometimes <laughs> but um no i just it wasn't for me man and then the whole enid debacle yeah that you, wasn't fun no that was brant that was the hardest that was the hardest deal with you that was that was the one that was the one that really tore my ass up you and i uh and, and i'm gonna tell i tell people this story all the time i want to hear when you tell what how how do you tell this story okay this is how it, i it you came it may be revisionist history oh. is what I'm okay. think what I'm thinking. Okay. So you and I you and I came together. Yeah. And you said, I want to buy a deal. I said, I, Hey, good. I wanted to build. Yeah, want to build yeah. brand new. I said, mm-hmm. Hey, I got a great I got a great lot. It was a brilliant lot. It was perfect because it was right next to the uh washeteria An- that was getting Anthony's, redone. Yeah. And I was like, <clears> Okay, <throat> but here's the deal. I want to partner with you on this deal. You said, Okay, I'm gonna bring you in for ten percent. Remember that? Keep going. It was ten percent. Keep going. So I had to go, and you brought another guy with you. I guess this guy had like some bank relationship or something that mm-hmm. you thought he was going to be bringing to the table. Mm-hmm. And I was supposed to get us all the plans and stuff like that. And at that time, David Weekly was building right down the street, mm-hmm. and you saw this little three-story townhome model, and you were like, "Oh, this is what I want." And so we went off to go do that. I show up there with me, you, this guy. I don't mm-hmm. even know what his name is. Mm-hmm. Atkins mm-hmm. and Ludi. <laughs> Crazy Ludi. Oh, and so in the middle of the deal, you're while we're in Ludi's office and she's going to go print something out, you say, uh, or the, the guy says to you, he says, so what is he here for? And you said, oh, he's here for design. And he goes, well, isn't that what we're here doing now? Like, what's the purpose? Then maybe like three hours later, I get this text from you. It's like, hey, we're changing the deal. And this is what it changed to. Instead of 10% a house, we're going to pay you $2,500 for design. You design everything. I need a list of every SKU number that you're going to use and all that stuff. That's what, that's the email. Okay, you're leaving out one okay. really, Hit. really okay. big, important part. So what happened was okay. I brought my partner in because a good friend of mine, David, because I needed like help possibly on financial side, right? Because right? right. it was a 
<clears throat> it was a big deal, right? And I was nervous, and so I trusted David. He had he was putting money into the deal and gonna you know add Help some other finance thing. it. So so whenever it came about, I was like, hey, basically what I was doing was building the team. So that's when I told you, I'm like, hey, I want you to meet David, right? This is my part. This is who I want to bring as a partner. And then I told David, I was like, hey, I want you to meet Curtis because I want Curtis to be a part of this project. Mm-hmm. We met at a house that you were flipping over off of um, somewhere in the Heights. It was like a blue house. It was like a Smurf blue house. Oh, uh, Vincent. Vincent. 807 Vincent. You don't remember this. You walked in like cocky, like your stuff don't I stink. I could never, and, ever, ever And you pretty this. much said, yeah, I'll partner with you guys, but you wanted a salary. You told us you want a salary and be a partner and I don't remember that. Oh, at dude, all. you did. Uh, you did. Okay. And it like it pissed him off. He was like, "Who the hell is this guy that's going to partner and a salary?" And then so that was a big part of it. And but then I still I'm like, I still want Curtis to be a part of this. I know like that meeting didn't go well. It it irritated me too, man. Like, Why didn't I, you just tell me that, Maybe. dude? I don't I I don't know because I it just like. I don't I don't remember how it all I don't remember how it all went down. So so I, then I, I went only back remember to, I only remember the part that I remember. Right. No, you asked you wanted to be paid like a contractor and to be a partner mm. and I'm like and you just made on money on the assignment fee. Yeah. I made uh, I think I made like twenty five grand on yeah. that assignment. So fee. my partner's like, Screw this guy, who does he think he is? And I'm like I remember I'm like, something I, happened I'm with like, his money I, too. Like he, he wasn't able to get it. So I think you took it down yourself. We brought in another partner. We brought in another partner, a financial partner later on. Okay. So let's, let's fast forward. So that's, that was the piece that you're missing. Yeah. So you left that out like, oh no, Brad tried to, no, that was, I didn't leave that that out. I didn't leave that out purposely. That is something that you're hearing from me and I'm hearing for the first time that I said, and you, I'm not saying that I didn't say it. I may have said this. No, you said it. But, but I, I'm saying I don't remember this part. Uh, well, I only remember the part that came to me. I do believe you, but also knew that I'm like, hey, I still want Curtis to be a part of it. And he's like, well, if he's if he's making money on assignment, he wants to get paid as a contract. That's what I heard. Yeah. So so that's where I said, like, well, I really want Curtis's help on design. He's like, well, let's pay him to do design. So that's where that came. Gotcha. That came about after that. And then yeah. that's when I was oh, like, I'm getting all this. I was like, this, fuck it. This was when you went on the screw Brant Phillips. Oh, I was parade. so, I was so oh, dude, and it, it, like, so it was hurtful to me, man. Yeah. Like yeah. you said mean things and I'm, you know, I'm like, I don't need this dude in my life. And I'm oh, you cut me out. You, yeah. I blocked you. And I'm like, I'm moving on. And, and then that, but that's so, why I was here. Cause I wanted you to be a part of the deal. Cause I knew, I know my weaknesses. I knew I sucked at that thing. Okay. Well, like okay. I, I knew that. Well, then I'm glad that you came here so that we could squash it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, I think we kind of already have, but we haven't really talked we, about it in depth. We, we, yeah, we didn't. And and I think that this is, uh, I, I don't know. I like, I like raw stuff. I like it yeah. when I don't really care to hold back. Um, I tell people all the time for two, the last two years of my life, I had a horrible relationship with my daughter, not my doing your, 
the one who's junior? No, the one that's in college. Okay. Her senior year and her freshman year was almost non-existent mm-hmm. communication. It was like I shouldn't even breathe. Was it like that in middle school also? No. It was like that because when you get divorced, and I would tell, and and I remember talking to you about mm-hmm. this whenever you were sharing very mm-hmm. little. Mm-hmm. I remember trying to be your best friend, and you were like, I don't have best friends. So... <laughs> I remember going through this. And, and Atkins was a best friend for a long time. He was a pretty good friend. I Atkins is a good friend. Atkins, man, that dude, I feel like that guy could have been anything he wanted to in real estate. I don't get it. He's in law school now. I st- I'm going to just tell you the guy is a great speaker. Like he's, he's great. He's incredibly smart. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm not a big friend guy though. Like I see you guys. Doing something like every night. Burr is like my Burr's my spiritual animal. I mean, you know, (laughs) I I got uh, I have I have FOMO with with Burr. I mean, when he's involved, but uh, you know, there's people that come along and they just uh, you just click Mm -hmm. immediately. Like we we went out for my birthday on Saturday night, and dude shows up and. it was just nonstop laughter almost the mm-hmm. whole night. But, you know, I don't know. There are times when I get chapped, my ass gets chapped at Burr, and I have to, like, say some shit, or he'll turn around and say something back. But, I mean, I don't know. It's more like, um, I guess, for me, my biggest downfall is whenever I invest into people emotionally, I don't have family. So my family is my friends. Yeah. You know, those are my people who I'm close with. Mm-hmm. And if I get dogged, then there was a part of my life, i.e. that situation with you where I just go and I will just destroy the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I will say, because I'm so insecure, I will say everything that I can about that person to destroy them. And it's, it's become like, it was my biggest Achilles heel. It's what I've had to learn over this last couple of years yeah. because my daughter going back to this full circle, my daughter came to me this year at the beginning of the year. And she said, I believed my mom the whole time. Will you forgive me? Mm-hmm. I just kept being consistent mm-hmm. with the, I love you. Hey, do you need anything? Yeah. You know, and she called me one day and this is how it all came uh, back together. She called me and she was like, I've got this fucking health insurance and you're fucking cheap and blah, blah, blah. And I was just like, listen, I'm going to tell you right now, you haven't been a part of my life for two years. You do not get a chance to call me up. You don't get to yell at me. I will hang up on you right now because you have not invested anything into, into this relationship other than sow seeds of resentment. Mm hmm. And we went at it. And after that, it was, this is all the things you've done. And then I just kept saying, I, you're right. I did those things and I can't take it back. But I will tell you this, you know, since the divorce, the thing that you're holding back from me that you said that you had this realization of when you're like 16 or whatever, I said, you have to remember, we traveled the entire state of Texas playing volleyball and you never once brought it up 
Never once. Yeah, plenty of time. We have laughters. We have videos. We have selfies, all that stuff. You never brought it up. But here we are today. And so it came full circle. She worked for me this summer. It's been great. It's awesome. I'm 47 years old. And the biggest life change. Old, dude. Yeah, the biggest life change happened in this room. I was with James Toller. James did my podcast with mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. You know James? Mm-hmm. And James was like, um, when I die, I want to have like all these people be like, James helped me get to heaven. Yeah. You know, he's like, I want a bunch of people to be at my funeral. Mm-hmm. And I said, James, I don't know how many people are going to be at my funeral. I got to change. So I created, uh, you know, this is part of the reason we're doing this podcast. Mm-hmm. I want to leave a legacy behind of helping other people, not just learn how to do real estate, but learn how real estate hacks your life. And you can have these amazing, you can have amazing relationship with your wife. You can have great relationship with your kids. You can, you don't have to work and become Grant Cardone or Donald Trump. Yeah. You don't even have to be Brant Phillips. You can just be, be the best of you. Yeah. You know, I don't know. What, what would you want to leave people with today? Um, Dude, I think it's just, I want to touch on what, what you just shared, man. It's it what, you know, call have it all lifestyle. Like you can have it all and you can have it all today. It doesn't mean that you have to have a hundred, you know, a million dollars or whatever cash sitting in your bank account. It doesn't mean that you have to have a great marriage today or, you know, or, or great relationships with your kids today, but you can start working today and have it right like you can sow those seeds today you you know this is what i did when i was doing all my breakthrough stuff it was like you can have it all and be spiritually connected connected in your relationships just means that you're sowing into those relationships daily and they're not always reciprocating that's okay you still do we still do what we're committed to do as you know husbands fathers leaders you know, just friends and we do the right thing. We sow into those relationships. I, I won't get too far and get far on with kids, but I understand so my daughter went through a little period of time where me and my wife, were like, she doesn't want anything to do with us at all. Yeah. And it was like, we, we made jokes. She's like a, a freaking cat. She sits in a room and comes out and just hisses every now and then and goes back up in her room. 13. Yeah. She just, yeah. Just turned 14. Yeah. Ah. So, so this was all happening during the 13, the 13 was a 13 was a, a kind of a dark year and yeah. we're like, Oh, this is not, it's very tough. This is not fun. My 13 year olds, my, I have yeah. two of them. My fiance yeah. has a 13 year old and we're coming out of it with the 13 year old. Yeah. Man, it was, it's it was tough. tough. Yeah. A, a friend of mine and a mastermind, I should say friend, you know, his daughter just, uh, he's mentioned this before how bad the relationship is. Now his daughter has turned and she's coming to work with him. He's like, I don't hate her anymore. He's like, we went through 10 years of like, it was not good. But anyway, so, but the have it all lifestyle, you know, for people listening, like wherever you're at, it's figure out what you want, you know, in your life spiritually, like James mentioning what he wants in that part of his life, what you want your relationships to be like, like what you want with your friendships is different then what I want out of friendship, that's okay. Get clear on that, on, on our, our body, our fitness, you know, and then taking care of our body. And then our finances, like invest in those areas or, you know, daily, get clarity on it, take action on it. And that's how you, 
you have it all and you may not have you know hit all your goals today or anything like that but over time you're investing in, in all those areas every day right and so that's gonna ultimately you keep investing in those areas it's gonna produce fruit so that that was one of my big revelations was years ago i was like i was basically a one-dimensional douchebag oh god yeah you know that's yeah. that's what i was i'm like i was just one mine, to- mine may have been just like 46 years of being a one-dimensional yeah. douchebag well I, thought- like I feel like i'm just coming out of a higher level of thinking so don't i would just say no matter where you're at like Money's not going to solve all your problems. It like, almost people, makes it yeah, worse. It, it will make it worse. It will reveal all your character, all your shit, and mm-hmm. all your shortcomings inside. It's just really going to reveal it, make you look like a bigger douche. To be honest with you, so that's what I was like, man, that's the road I'm I'm going down. The you know midlife crisis. Oh, successful in in business, but bad dad, bad husband. You know, drinking way too much, all this kind of stuff. And I'm like, I needed to fix things so i just made a choice to fix and i realized like money is gonna like there's all these buckets of life that we ultimately want to fill like legacy and fulfillment and all these things the money bucket like that's important but it's not that hard to fill that bucket up to be honest <laughs> and so that's why I, I it's important but i like my paradigm is you know my faith my family my fitness finances is last it's the easiest thing but we spend so much time you know thinking that if we just make enough money if we're just successful people are gonna love us and we're you know and it's like it's what's the hardest bucket to fill um i think with me is probably a family type of thing i mean like i'm there on time but a lot of times you know connecting and communicating the right way is hard for me because i'm guarded um so um that was you know realized most of us are really good at one area maybe two uh, for me finance is pretty not easy but i got that taking care of my body my fitness stuff went pretty good there um spiritual things a little bit more difficult and family relationships opening up at times things like that man you but, did great today dude oh thank you man you're like bringing the you brought the heat the whole time appreciate it man yeah no this i'm glad has we been really good. yeah i'm glad we we're able to talk, man. Yeah, I kept thinking this jackass is going to keep <laughs> pushing me off like every every month, dude. But finally, because I remember having to get on Facebook and saying, "Brant, stop sending me your burner phone number and give me the regular." I've been one. traveling a lot, man. We've been buying parks and all that kind of stuff. So, no, it's kick ass, dude. Yeah. I mean, that's it's incredible to you know to see where we were at in this little itty bitty realm of single family, and now you've just taken single family and and figure out a way to make money while you sleep through other people's activities Mm -hmm. and now you're doing these mobile home parks i'm funding my first uh 17 unit apartment complex awesome yeah with bible yeah awesome here in in houston no in corpus christi okay cool yeah Yeah, they're doing a lot down in corpus i think yeah so it's fully fully uh it's fully rented out yeah we get cash flow checks month number one cool i mean for me that's the way to go yep good deal man well dude i appreciate it um i would tell people i'm gonna i'm gonna leave you guys with something um and that is what esther perel says i don't know if you know who esther perel is Mm -hmm. she's like a she's a leading um marriage and family like relationship coach Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and she says that in life uh that people will be married three to three different people and if you're lucky enough, 
those three different people will be the same person. You went through some, your wife, when she married you, is not the same person you are today. You had to go through that deep, mm. ugly, you know, nasty part in order for her to, to, to see the warrior that came out mm. of that. Mm-hmm. And I think if you really want to know why your relationship sucks, why you're having poor sex, why um, your wife doesn't really want you or doesn't respect you, it's probably because you're not chasing dreams. You're in, she doesn't see you in your full manliness. I mean, how can a woman respect a guy that just goes home, sits behind a computer all day, works a boring job, then gets home, sits in the garage, watches sports. It doesn't say, hey, come fuck me. It says, hey, this guy doesn't really give a shit about life. He's yeah. already dead. Yeah. Dude, that's really powerful. I know you're trying to wrap it up. I know you're trying to wrap it up, man, but that that hits home, man. Um, that hits home. Like, basically, there's three things that, mo- dude, most dudes, most people, they're not living. They're not. They, they're not. They're not living. They're not in the arena. They're not in. They're, they're, they're definitely not in the arena yeah. at all. And they're, they're, they're just, I mean, honestly, like, they're, they're, they're wasting their life. I believe they're snipers. They just want to go and snipe people's joy. Oh, right. A lot of them. Yeah. But a lot of them, oh man, I forget the quote, but it, uh, he said something to the effect. He's like, most men leave quiet lives of desperation Mm -hmm. and they're, they're just quiet and they're watching from the stand. Some of them aren't even sniping. They're just sitting there watching and they're, they're numbing themselves with, you know, whether it be alcohol or drugs or just TV or food or whatever. And, and basically there's three things, um, you know, that we need as, as men and even women. But in, in this, this book, man, it was like such a powerful book. And of of course I'm going to forget the name of it as I'm on here in the podcast, but I read it multiple times. Um, I'll remember it in just a second, but the premise is like we need three things in our life in order to be alive. Okay. So number one is like, we just need a, he says we need a battle to fight. And he goes back to like caveman. I was like, dude, we need to be is this wild at heart. Yes. Wild at heart. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah. So, you know, like we need a battle to be fighting. Cause if we're not, if you're just some keyboard yeah. dude, like there's no, so th- like you need to be fighting for something, you know, like, you know, had obviously like military, like they go out and they go do battle for us. Like yeah. they, they go out and fight and they get us like guys like Atkins, they've served, like they've went and fought a battle. We don't have that. So we kind of have to create it. Like what is our, our battle to fight, right? It could be some type of worthy cause or some type of giving or something like that. Number two, we need an adventure to live. One of the reasons I signed up for the Ironman, I was like, this dude's right. I, I have, need an I adventure. need an adventure. Can real estate be adventurous at times? Sometimes. A little if, sometimes. If it's your side hustle and you've been talking about it and then you start doing it, then that is a fight that you're fighting and it's an adventure you're going it on. It can be. And your wife can see that. Yeah. Right? But not over not if you've done hundreds of deals like us. Like it's you're, not the same. you're a hundred percent right. Yeah. So have an adventure, right? Like we're booking a trip, me and my kids are gonna go climb a mountain and we're gonna go at uh arizona when the texans are playing the cardinals so we can go see the game too nice and then and then the last one is a beauty to rescue like mm. loving your woman romance and her just keeping that fun like that's how that's 
this is the chemistry, right, to have like a well-fulfilled life is be fighting a battle, living an adventure and, and, and just romancing your, your wife and your beauty or, your, you know, whoever it is that you love. And those are some of the key ingredients. You just, you hit on it and that sparked in my head, dude. Wild at Heart was it's amazing. A, it's, amazing a, it's a Disney book. movie. Yeah. When have you ever seen a, a Disney movie where the main character isn't in a tower or isn't somewhere and the guy has to run through a gauntlet? Yeah, to go get her. That's the reason why, when you do finally get the princess, it's not something where you're like, "Oh, I guess I can throw it away now because it's Sunday, so I'm just going to go sit here and destroy my relationship by watching football yeah. all single day yeah. long." Yeah. You know, like I don't know why you marry these women just to have them at home. Is it because you're just scared of being alone for like when you're sleeping? Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I I don't know. I asked out a woman who was significantly much better looking than me for a reason. Because I know I know me. I get bored and I love beauty. Mm-hmm. And I see her as a, a woman whose heart I want to attract constantly. Yeah. And so it forces me to be a better person. Sure. Right. But I didn't get I didn't have that choice when I got married the first time. Yeah. And, yeah, we and, didn't know what we don't know. Yeah. Or didn't know. And I mean, yeah. I mean, I, anyway. Yes. Yeah. All right, guys. Well, big thanks to Brant. Thank you, brother, for coming. Thanks, bud. Let's, uh, this is awesome. I can't wait to watch the replay and hear other people's uh, thoughts about it. And then uh, go build something today. Go fight a fight. Go get an adventure. Make love to your wife.